Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at a passage from Exodus chapter 30. And specifically, we're going to be reading from the Daily Lectionary concerning Sabbath keeping. So Exodus 30, beginning in verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, you yourself are to speak to the Israelites. You shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, given in order that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it shall be cut off from among the people. For six days you shall work and let work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore the Israelites shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's think about Sabbath. Father, I ask you to help us. And frankly, Lord, I mean it. We we need your help to think about what rest looks like for us. Many of us, we struggle. I know I do. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would shed light, not just on the scripture here, but on the idea to which the scripture points, God, that we would be a people who think about and begin to enact Sabbath in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I chose this passage from the Daily Lectionary because I know that your life is full. And if not full of activity with a calendar scheduled from stem to stern, which is true for many of you, our life is full of worries and anxieties and uh, many responsibilities both at home and outside our homes. And it seems as if many of us have grown accustomed to a pace of life that demands more and more and more from us. Um, I remember very early on in my vocational journey as a pastor, learning to work around obstacles, learning to push through limits. I believed that a limit was just there to press through, that we were supposed to demonstrate our commitment to God and our, frankly, capacity by just pressing through boundaries and limitations. I remember as a kid uh, not being terribly athletically gifted and yet being committed to being good at basketball. So I would shoot hundreds of free throws just to be good at something. I once ate my meals uh, with my right hand. I'm left-handed for a long period of time just to get stronger at using my right hand, hoping it would help me with sports. As a as a as a society, we are rewarded for staying up late and rising early. We're, we're rewarded for working longer than we ought to in order to achieve, in success and achieve success. And I just want to say this has been a major struggle of my life. For uh, the longest time, I felt like rest or Sabbath keeping was just not my spiritual gift and therefore something I was just some, that was meant for something else, someone else, a more contemplative person. And then we're confronted with a passage like this that says, keep the Sabbath. I mean, God threatens to put people to death who don't keep the Sabbath. That sounds so strange to our ears. But I think what we're supposed to hear in a text like this is that Sabbath is uh, rest at the very heart of God. And so it needs to be something that sits at the heart of our life too. 
So let's think about Sabbath for just a moment. Here, first, I'll start with what the Sabbath is not. The Sabbath is not going on a vacation. You should go on vacations if you can. Sabbath is not a vacation. Sabbaths don't take tons of time. They're not expensive. So a Sabbath is not a vacation. Sometimes we think, well, I don't have the money or the time for a vacation, so I can't really rest. False. Number two, Sabbath is not an all-day prayer or study time, which is frankly one of the reasons why many of us don't do it, because maybe you think after a long week of work, it's, you don't want to sit around and pray and read your Bible all day. The Sabbath is not that either. Number three, the Sabbath is not simply taking a day off of work. Many of you do have a day where you're not paid to work. Um, the Sabbath then becomes full of just running errands, cutting the grass, doing a bunch of other things for which you are not paid. So those are not Sabbath. Biblically, the word Sabbath comes from a Hebrew word that simply means stop, cease, do nothing. It's a total refraining from work so as to be renewed and recreated. And I just want us to think about that word recreation for a moment. To be recreated now, for us, recreation just means endless activity on the weekends for which we receive no compensation. Here's what Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite pastors, here's what he says of Sabbath keeping. Um, he says, the most striking thing about keeping the Sabbath is that it begins by not doing anything. The word in Hebrew, Shabbat, which we take into our language untranslated, simply means quit, stop, take a break. So Sabbath is not overtly or inherently religious. You don't have to do religious things. Sabbath means find a time to stop. Whatever you're saying, shut up. Whatever you're doing, stop. Just take a deep breath. But rest is simply not the absence of doing. The kind of rest that we see in the concept of Sabbath is a kind of leisure that God wants us to have because it's God honoring. Here, here's something else uh, Eugene Peterson says in his book, Christ Plays in 10,000 Places, which I would highly commend, recommend to you. He says, Sabbath is a deliberate act of interference, an interruption of our work each week, a decree of no work so that we are able to notice to attend, to listen, to assimilate this comprehensive and majestic work of God, to orient our work in the work of God. So we are called, without exception, to regular rhythms of stoppage. But our world values production and fruit-bearing, does it not? Well, so does God. Our world's method for getting at that productivity is ceaseless work and better time management, but God's way forward with regard to work and growth is to bring us back time and time again to rest and sustainability. And you might be saying, of course you can do this. You only work on Sundays, Chris. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a lot more going on around here in my work than Sunday work. And so I need to hear this message as much as you do. See, our overemphasis on productivity is challenged by the biblical notion of Sabbath. Hear Peterson again. He says, Sabbath erects a weekly bastion against the commodification of time, against reducing time to money, reducing time to what we can get out of it, against leaving no time for God or beauty or anything that cannot be used or purchased. It is a defense against the hurry that desecrates time. Y'all hear that. If we're not careful, we'll only think of time and people in terms of what can be used or purchased, everything becomes a commodity. Sabbath keeping redeems time. 
Sabbath and work go hand in hand. See, without Sabbath, your work is crippled. Uh, without um, work, your Sabbath is crippled. See, all rest with no work is simply laziness, but all work with no rest is simply folly. And so we're meant to work so that we can then step back and decide not to work. Pete Scazzaro is one of my favorite pastors. He's a recently retired pastor in New York City. He planted and pastored a church for a long time called New Life Fellowship in New York. And now he leads emotionally healthy spirituality. Wonderful, wonderful thinker about things like this. He essentially gives us four movements to Sabbath keeping. And I want to put these in front of you and ask you to think about what they look like for you. Stop, rest, delight, contemplate. So let's think about those just for a few minutes. First, Sabbath is stopping. And stop is an act of faith. It's a reminder that God is powerful and working so that we don't have to always work. So at some point on a given day of the week, Saturday, Sunday, um, we're meant to stop. We're meant to close our laptops, put our cell phones away, specifically for work or responsibility-related things, and we're meant to cease. And without the cessation of activity, we'll never have a shot at keeping a Sabbath. So the first action of Sabbath is simply to stop. And this is where many of us just, we get hung up right at the starting gate because we don't know how to stop. And so if the thought of a 24-hour period is overwhelming to you, then let's start with a half day. Now, it's interesting to note that Jewish Sabbath begins at sundown, not in the morning, sundown. And so it's a way to ease in. And so for many of you, maybe this is a way to ease into Sabbath. On Friday night, close your laptop, turn your phone off, cook a good dinner, light some candles, and just enjoy the evening. Don't do anything productive. Don't solve any problems. Just enjoy the evening. And the great thing about the Jews when it came to stopping was that because they started their Sabbath in the evening, by the time they woke up, God was already halfway through their Sabbath day, sundown to sundown. And maybe that's a way for you to begin is to redeem the evening one day a week where you just simply stop. You don't answer email. You don't respond to work texts. You just stop. After stopping comes the second movement of Sabbath, which is rest. And rest only approaches us once we stop. It takes a while to get to rest. If you're anything like me, I have to stop and be disciplined in my stopping before the notion of rest begins to enter into my heart and mind. There are times where I'm still buzzing and spinning in my head. Rest only comes, the second movement of Sabbath, rest only comes when we are practiced and disciplined at stopping. Now, if you're anything like me, when you first endeavor to practice the Sabbath, you're going to have to stop week after week after week before your mind begins to rest. I now, when I wake up on Saturday morning after a Friday evening, which we usually spend with some dear friends of ours, um, that's how we start our Sabbath is with friends and good drink and sometimes a good meal. Uh, by the time I wake up on Saturday, now my mind is oriented toward rest. I know I'm going to lay on my porch, read books. I'm going to go for a walk in, with my dog and my wife in the woods. I'm going to hang out with my friends, my family. But it took me a long time to be at a place of rest. So the second movement of Sabbath only happens after you have practiced the first. Stop, then rest. Then we go to the third movement, which is delight. This one only ever happens once you learn to rest. It's only when your mind begins to settle into a rhythm of slowing down, of knowing that you don't feel guilty for not being productive or accomplishing something or solving a problem that then you're able to begin to delight. 
You begin to notice things once you begin to delight that you would have otherwise missed. You go for a long walk and you begin to notice things in the woods or by the belt line or wherever it is that you would spend your time. See, delight is something many of us have lost sight of because we live our lives in such a hurried and worried way. So we have to stop and be a stopper. Then we rest and then we live into rest. And only then can we begin to delight, begin to notice things and celebrate beauty. This is why we we don't try to solve major problems on the Sabbath. This is why if you're married, um, you can have a romantic time with a partner on a Sabbath. Or if you're in a dating relationship, you do something very special and intentional on a Sabbath that would um, push you toward delight. Or if you've got good friends, you would do something that would actually stir the senses, cook good food, drink good drink. Delight is so important, but y'all, it takes practice to be a person who knows how to delight. If your mind is spinning a million miles an hour, even a good glass of wine won't really satisfy or bring delight to your spirit. You've got to learn how to slow down in order to delight. And that leads us to the fourth movement of of Sabbath, according to Schizero. He then says, you will then contemplate. So stop, rest, delight, and then finally contemplate. And contemplation is where our attention and our affection turns to God and toward recreation, being recreated, renewed, and sustained. This is where we begin to notice beautiful things, delight in them, and then we turn and say, God, thank you so much. Just recently on a Sabbath, I was with my wife and my dog, and we were walking in the woods, and it was in that moment that in of delight that I was able to contemplate the sheer goodness and beauty of God, and I found myself saying, God, thank you for the cessation of activity and my ability to recognize and then turn back thanksgiving to you when good things are happening around me. So I want to commit to you uh, that I'm going to be a Sabbath keeper, and I would like for you to commit to the Lord and to trusted people in your life that you're going to do the same. I'm going to lead you with a, a quote from William Willimon, a United Methodist pastor. Um, I, love, I love reading Willimon. He says, Sabbath keeping is a publicly enacted sign of our trust that, keep, that God keeps the world, and therefore we do not have to. God welcomes our labors, but our contributions to the world have their limits. If even God trusted creation enough to be confident that the world would continue while God rested— so should we. God bless you. Father, I pray for my friends, and I ask you to help each and every one of us um, commit to Sabbath keeping, even if it's a baby step, God. And, And God, give us the courage to push for an entire day, a sundown to sundown on a weekly basis that we might be sustained and renewed in our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, Carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center.